Welcome to Sustainable 237. Welcome yourself all to Sustainable 237. Sorry about that. I was momentarily distracted because someone had sent us some shit. You know, someone had what? sent us a press release, which is like, here's my press release. It's embargoed until tomorrow. And it's a thing I don't care about. I don't care. I'm tempted to break their stupid embargo about their, whatever it is, sustainable knife. <laughs> Bloody hell, oh, we get sent some shit. Anyway, how you doing? We are your friendly little weekly I'm fine. Aren't we all all about people and the planet? And why, despite you being fine, we can still chuck some things in the bin and have a chuckle about it sometimes, yes? We are. Right, and what are we going to be putting into the brown pile of disgrace this week? (laughs) We are going to be putting wasted food and wasteful food people uh, into the big brown pile of disgrace. Look, this is an issue a bit like a couple of others we've done recently, soil and maybe something else. Uh, also brown. Pete, when we did that, that was brown. Brown things. Brown things. Brown we, mushy things the babble does not like. I, lo- I would like to put on the record that from now on, all of our topics will be about brown things. Uh, Chocolate. So send, us, send us your suggestions. Yes, this is an issue that, as well as being brown, is kind of massive and like definitely should have been in one of the previous 236 episodes. So, uh, <laughs> sorry about that, but we are where we are. And where we are is doing an episode about it. So shut up. It's fine. Leave us alone. Yes. Food waste. That's right. Um, I think it has. I I think this might be the thing. I don't think we even have really talked about it. I think this is it. I think we've got 237 episodes in and not mentioned a thing, which, as we will discuss, is the biggest thing we should do to save the planet. (laughs) Bar none. Um, It's part of smash capitalism, although it is intimately connected to the smashing thereof. Just before any of that, oh, the usual disclaimer. We do work for environmental charities, don't we? Yes. These, however, are very much our own views. So if anything that we say makes you want to nibble it around the edges but not really consume it and complain to our boss, then take it up with me and all, but not with them. Yes? Yeah, I mean, if you're sort of in a queue, you're lining up to have a massive go at our employers, skip that queue, you know, compost them and over to us and have a go at us. I don't know how you do it, old bean. Um, uh, Old bean. (laughs) And please do remember we are a listener-supported podcast and intensely grateful we are too for your supportification. So if you would like to join our small but loyal army of supportifiers, please go to wubblywubblywubbly.patreon.com slash sustainababble where you can find out things like exciting people we are going to interview, like the exciting interview, what we are doing next week. All right, on with it. Dave, is it drinks o'clock yet? It must be drinks o'clock. Old Bean, the sun is always over the yard arms somewhere. So yeah, why don't you crack open a bottle of the Hidden Sea Wine? You deserve it. I might just do that because the Hidden Sea Wine is rather splendid. For every bottle they sell, they remove 10 plastic bottles from the ocean. And so far, they've removed nearly 10 million plastic bottles with what they say is an audacious goal of removing 1 billion of the blighters by 2030. Now, look, you can get some of this from their lovely solar-powered winery in South Australia. I'm sorry, where? How's it getting in? Pogo stick or what? Uh, I, I don't think it's by Pogo stick, no. But it does come in like massive great big bags, which are then emptied into smaller bottles in the UK. So, you know, not too bad on the transport front. But for God's sake, if we're saying now that you can't have anything from abroad, then that rules out most things like, I don't know, chocolate. So... Yeah, it's from Australia, but loads of wine from Australia. If you're going to buy Australian wine, buy the Hidden Sea wine from Australia. That's what I'm saying. So very good. So you can get the Hidden Sea wine at Sainsbury's Co-op, Asda and Booth's and no doubt other places as well. You can have a rosé, you can have a Sauvignon Blanc and a Chardonnay, whatever these things are. They sound very nice to me. <laughs> they're all they're um, all on draft and available in pint glasses, Dave, don't worry. <laughs> very good. And prices start from just £8. So I suggest to you, all if you're feeling blue and seasonally glum, crack open a bottle of the Hidden Sea wine old chum poetic crikey Moses I did not know that right time to break out the crikey Moses klaxon um, this is reserved for things really which are like surprising things we don't know. Obviously, there's loads of stuff we don't know. That's what this podcast is about. But some of it is like, whoa! Like, yeah, whoa! 
Do you know about the thing? Tony, did you know a thing that in films, the baddies never use iPhones? No. That is a thing. Now, I would like someone to write in and tell me why that's wrong, because I'm sure it is. But apparently it's a thing. So if you are not sure who the baddie is in a film and you see them using an iPhone, it's not going to be them. How about that? Do you think that's some bloke down the pub made that up type stuff? Or do you think like Apple? It's, you can imagine Apple like mm. having a contract with all of the big film producers saying, no, apparently so. your apparently bad so. guys won't be using our phones. Not allowed to use it for malfeasance. So like Cyril Sneer, you never saw him using an <laughs> iPhone, did you? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, how was I, coach? Brilliant? Stunning? Captivating? Oh, the thing I learned this week, Dave, while we're at it. Yes. Did you know that the nursery rhyme... Uh, <laughs> ring a ring of poses, a pocket full of poses is about to play. No, not that one. Um, oh. uh, uh, Pop Goes the Weasel, thank you, is about pawning your coat so that you can get money to go to the pub. Do you know that? The weasel being the coat? Yeah, weasel and stoke, pop. coat. I did not know this. Neither did I. Pop, pop, pop is, being... is, is, means to pawn. Like, so it's a verb. So pop is like if you're, if you're popping your, your weasel and stoke, it means you're pawning it. So he's selling it. And it's all about... And then the second verse is like, up and down the city road, in and out the Eagle, which is a pub that we used yes. to go to. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's all about selling your weasel and stoat so you've got money to go to the pub. <laughs> We got contacted by a listener who was very polite about a thing they were cross about. And the thing they were cross about was that we hadn't covered this. And rather than us saying what this is, we will let our listener, Alicia Wakefield, describe what it is we wanted to be covering but were not. Hey guys, I've been listening to you for quite a while now and I have to say I was pretty surprised to hear that you haven't covered the topic of food waste yet. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that food waste is one of the biggest issues threatening us today, and it's only going to get worse if we don't start talking about it more. It's estimated that one third of all the food produced for human consumption gets wasted. That means it's not just the food itself we're wasting. We're wasting all the water, the land, the labour and the other resources that go into producing it too. So it sounds like we've got a pretty huge dilemma on our hands, and it's one that has drastic consequences for us, not just environmentally, but economically and socially too. I'd really love if you guys would be willing to have a chat about this and if you could explore some of the ways in which we can all just do our bit to do better. Thanks, guys. Would you agree with me that there was a faint air of menace about that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know what you mean. I'm like, very surprised to hear oh, that you haven't covered food waste. Be an awful shame if that... Be an awful shame if your podcast didn't do the thing I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think Alicia is... Alicia, yeah, sorry, being... I said Alicia earlier, that was wrong. Sorry, Alicia. Sorry, right, Alicia. Yes. You uh, did even tell me how to pronounce your name. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Well, don't, if, she, don't come if at me. she wasn't menacing before, she will be now. Oh, bloody hell. Um, no, I think I think she's just very clear about what Inhofs we are. And yes. I don't think she's cross, I think she's disappointed. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. My boss has that tone sometimes. Um, so look, yes, food waste. Um, Alicia also sent us some stats and i thought we might start by talking about some of them stats all what do you think about that i love a stat go on hit me with it yeah but it's worth saying before we do these stats right genuinely crikey moses i did not know this and crikey moses i'm a bit ashamed about it so like here is some of the stuff about food waste are you ready i'll play the stat wang music Now, Alicia said that 30% of global food production, all the food made in the whole world, 30% of it, nearly a third, gets lost or wasted and never gets into the hands of consumers. Oh. Now, I sort of did know that. I oh, mean, right. rough, roughly. Like, I, I wouldn't have been able to get the percentage exactly right, but I knew it was, like, massive. I knew it was in the realms of a third or a quarter or something. One of those big ones. Um, but... Whoa. What? You did, did you not... Was that not a thing? Well, I, I think if you'd have said to me how much, I wouldn't have said 30%. Okay. I do not think I'd have said 30%. Okay. I think I would have said, like, 10%, maybe? And then even if you think about that, even if it was which, just 10%... Which is still apocalyptically bad. <laughs> yeah. If you, think, if you think about, like, something... Like, how much of the world is used to make food, which is... what I've got this down here somewhere else. Uh, half of it. Half of the yeah. world is used to make food, right? Which implies, like, that... The, the, 
if ten, even if just ten percent of that is wasted, think about the amount of sheer sodding waste of time and energy and land and everything. Yeah, everything that, that Alicia is. says. Yeah, exactly. It's not. Yeah, it's not and just like the cows. food rotting at the end. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that it's a third is extraordinary. And then well, it's, you know, three times as bad. Yeah. When you <laughs> thank you, there's a lot of excellent maths going on already in this in this episode. Mm. Um, but Walla, I'll I'll spare you the uh, mansplaining. But the 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 thing that I was really surprised about was. The next stat, which I think uh, a little sort of related to this stat, the thing you found out about Project Drawdown, tell the class. Project Drawdown is a thing. People often say we should do a thing about Project Drawdown. Again, we haven't, which is a wonkish it's, it's effort. Too to big and out. All these things are too big and obvious. We like to do... Well, this exactly. We like know. to talk about how stoats are in hoffs exactly. or how the best thing to do is to, you know, rewild a tennis court. Is that a Weasland stoat or just a stoat stoat? <laughs> Um, and Project Drawdown basically categorises the things. Like, if you're going to do X number of things, the here are the things that have the biggest climate impact, just climate impact, right? Um, and I can't quite work it out. It's got weird columns in it, but at least by one of its metrics, at least in one of its results, it's the, the single biggest thing you might do to reduce carbon emissions in the world is to stop wasting food. The single one thing. So if people say, like, what's the one thing you would do? This, ending food waste, okay. or at least so reducing it. So I don't know to what no, would but be just, a thing. Just to be clear, you're not, what you're not saying is in terms of personal action, like you, you're, t- you're saying if you had a magic wand and you could pull one policy lever, or not even a yes. policy lever, if you could affect one big change in a big thing, it would be yes. ending food waste, number one. Because they yes, also have things Bill, like if I was Bill Gates and I controlled the way everyone thinks, yeah, and injected them with vaccines and exactly. stuff. That's what yeah. I would do. Yeah, uh, that's a debate or discussion we're gonna we're gonna have to continue to have. So, oh, according to the United Nations, right, twelve point six eight billion owls worth of food. Twelve point six eight billion owls. Imagine if all Can the I just owls check for, in what, the world. What did you put in as one owl? The average European man weight. Gosh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Very kind. Well, I didn't want to make any assumptions. It's been Christmas and stuff. In a long two um, years of sitting my ass at home, that's what it's been. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there we are. That's a big number. That's a lot of holes. How else can we? How else can we get across how big this is? Do you get the idea, Roll, about how big this is? I am getting the sense that this is massive. Yes. Yeah. So yes. what I think we should chat about is like what does that mean food waste is not all one thing there's different types of food waste right there's food waste which is food that is wasted before it even gets anywhere near uh dave and all and their hungry little mouths um so that might be wasted in the process of making it this was a thing that surprised me where was i can't i can't see the numbers now but there was a there's a big number about percentage of food waste that is wasted in the process of making the food, which I don't understand. Like, are people just really shit at making food? Or do you mean like overzealously chopping off the end of a carrot? I guess that's, I guess, yeah, that must be. Or quite accidentally a dropping a bag, if every one bag of carrots you turn into a carrot cake, you accidentally chuck another bag down the back of the sofa or something. Or do you mean in the field, like things rotting in the field because they haven't been picked in time? That's a problem in lower income countries in particular, apparently, a lot of that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, that makes sense, what, I suppose, yeah. What, yeah, what do you mean? Where? Where else? Or like what kind of falling off the back of a lorry or not being transported properly so it all goes off en route or what? Yeah, Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, 20% is the stat, apparently. And this is... Uh, 20% is what? Is, is in, the... in the UK. So this is just in the UK. Of the food right. that is wasted, of which there are 10 yeah. million tonnes, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. Of that 10 million, 1.8 million, so just about, well, 18%, if you want to be a pedant, which I do, uh, is... It is uh, comes from food manufacturers, so yeah, all of those things that, that, that people are so crap at making food uh, in the UK that a fifth of all of the food that we waste is wasted. Then, how much of food waste is is like us? Is right. the Daves and the Olds. Right, okay. So that is the thing. According to the government here in the UK... Who we trust. Who we trust on everything. Have we still got a Prime Minister, by the way, by the time we're recording? Hang on, what time is it? I don't know. Not sure. Um, 
when talking about the UK, you've basically got a bunch of things that contribute to food waste. One, as we've mentioned, is the process of it being made. Uh, so it's wasted when it's in the field, in the factories, whatever. You've then got uh, the hospitality se- hospitality sector, big source of, of waste, which I presume is when me and you go to Toby's Carvery and say, I'll have all you can eat uh, roast turkey, please. And then you can't eat all of it and it gets chucked away, but probably all sorts of other bits of hospitality. Yeah, well. too much. You buy an onion barge, you don't want all that sort of stuff. Yeah, right? that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there's a bunch of it, which is the supermarkets, essentially. I mean, retail is what they say, but I think they, they mainly mean the supermarkets there. Um, mm. And the, the remainder is us, is, is households. And, and how terms, big is that remainder? In terms of proportions. How big is it? Well, they Get on with it. It's about 70%. Right. 70%. Now, I think you can probably argue that some of the waste that is wasted at home is as the result of supermarkets being in hoffs because of Example. things. Well, things like bog off, Dave. <laughs> All right. I was just asking. <laughs> bog off. You know what bog off is. Buy one. Buy, one, buy all, get all free. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Still waiting for my imaginary all. Go back and listen to the last episode for more on my imaginary all. Uh, be superior in get, every way. Be all, get all fired. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, buy one, get one free. Babble all, gets all fired. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Read my thoughts. No, please, no, I cannot be fired. I'm fired. Ah. In, in promotions that say, hey, I know you just came into this shop for one banana, but how about you have two bananas because the second one's half price? And you think, oh, that's good value. You take your well, two bananas. You're not bananas. getting it free then, are you? What? You're not getting it free then if it, the second one is half price. That should be bog, bog hop. Yes, fine. Okay, but going to a supermarket, you say, I would like two bananas. And they say, yes. how about three? You can have the third one for free. And well, no, that's buying two, getting one free, isn't it? I'm I'm cross because you're right. You're not very good at bogging off. <laughs> you go into a supermarket, you say, <laughs> I would like one box of shreddies, and they yes. say, How about you have another box of shreddies free? And yes. you say, Okay, thank you, that'd be great. And this is a bad example because shreddies don't really go off. But but this happens on food which goes off and you have more than you intended to have. It goes off because you got it free and you never get around to eating it. So the food is wasted. But you spend you more don't... money at the supermarket uh, in general. And like, oh, I don't, you know. And you don't, and you don't value it anyway because like you got it for free, right? And even though people on less money can eat for less, all thinks that's bad. Uh I'm not sure that's necessarily true. Well, you said supermarkets were in hoffs for doing that. In hoffs, you said. I think they, in general, they are in hoffs for doing bog offs. I think they should price food fairly rather than because they have all sorts of loss leaders and stuff, don't they? You know, they'll yeah, do of things. They do, yeah, bread um, and milk and stuff. And bog offs are not about giving people free food. They're about making people buy stuff that means other people won't be buying other stuff like if you if you if you uh if you get two boxes of shreddies you're not also and you only wanted one you're not also going to buy weetabix are you you'll go well that's my that's my thing sorted i wouldn't have the nerve to not come home with a box of weetabix if i told my son i was going to get a box of weetabix oh really or hell is, is, a, is a weetabix a confounded issue in your house well just no any any food stuff has a very strongly held uh, view at any given time so if you don't come back with what you said you're going to come it's not that i'm scared of my children so much no, as just no. um like to keep on the right side of them 70 percent of food what is wasted is consumer waste and, and some of that might be because of like being sold shit we don't want in the first place. I'm sure we'll come back to that but I thought we would have a little question here about the extent to which all is a food waster or not. I Bring bet it all, on. I bet all is should be doing all sorts of stuff to reduce his food waste, but isn't, right? So here are some things I garnered from various publications, various righteous tomes advising people how not to waste food. So do you do, and I suppose we should begin this section by pointing out that most of the time I've known you, you have eaten literally any, any food going anywhere <laughs> near me. Like when we used to work in an office I used to work in, and I got really quite embarrassed about doing it in there with you because you'd always eat all the cake that <laughs> the people, had, people had left. 
wasn't always people who even worked in your organisation either. <laughs> that was no, it wasn't. That was the it stuff was the next you used to get quite twitchy about. Look, it was the end of the working day. it and you nicked their cake. It was the end of the working day. There was cake lying around. I consider that a health and safety issue. You cut, like yeah. that's just that's going to encourage moths and rodents, and then he's going mm-hmm. to be all sorts of things. So I was doing everyone a favour by eating trayfuls of cake. Um, so I suppose that's you know to, to be something I've never known you to do is turn down food. To be fair, right? But do you do the following things, which are good bits of advice for reducing food waste? Do you plan your portions before you go shopping so you buy the right amount and you don't buy more shit than you need? Oh. No, I don't. I would love to be that sort of person who is organised enough to plan my portions. Um, I don't do that. We're getting a little bit better of deciding ahead of time what we might eat for a meal. So, oh, like, nice. you know, Weetabix again. Yeah, is it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, which pot noodle I'm going to have? I now decide. You know, up to seventy-two hours in advance. So I'm getting a little bit. A little bit better at that. But I wouldn't say I plan my portions, no. We talked about this with Sustainable, didn't we? About how the advice that you should call up the people you're going round to Christmas dinner with and tell them exactly how much food you're going to have so that they don't <laughs> yeah. accidentally overorder uh, or indeed, in your case, underorder how much food there's going to be. And you suggested that maybe doing that would be a very good way to get yourself rapidly disinvited from that and all future gatherings. Yes. Okay, uh, what temperature is your fridge? I know exactly what temperature my fridge is because it tells oh. me the whole sodding time. My, my fridge is at five degrees. Oh, okay, that's good, which is good. That's a good temperature for a fridge. Yes, uh, most the average temperature for a fridge apparently is somewhere in the region of seven degrees. What? I've got an old fridge. I couldn't. I couldn't tell mine without sticking a thermometer up it. The thermometer thingy up it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently the average temperature is seven degrees. Um, obviously, colder better um, for keeping your food better. Although, also, like presumably, colder fridge equals more energy, equals more planet climate chaosy thing. So mm, that's a bit tricky. Yeah. I, some, I think an electrician came around once and I was asking about, like, you know, I was being one of those annoying people who's like, oh, range of blah, blah, blah. And he's like, fridge. The, by far the biggest thing that will be sucking electricity out of your home is mm. your fridge, in, in the summer particularly. It's like that other thing. So good, well done, tick for you. It's like that other thing about, like, the supermarkets, about plastic around food. Now, we're not really going to talk about that in this, right? But when we have talked before about reducing single-use plastic and how you can't go to a lot of supermarkets if you just go and like try and buy an apple all you can get is an apple wrapped in plastic with other apples right and things like that and the supermarkets go yeah yeah but chill your boots because actually that plastic around that apple is keeping that apple fresh for longer which means there's less food waste don't you care about the planet go and look at what project drawdown sets so there are always trade-offs oh there are always trade-offs yeah oh of course um we've got quite a big fridge for the first time in my life i bought a fridge when we moved to our new house like never I bet you f***ing loved doing that. It's pretty exciting. (laughs) It's pretty exciting. (laughs) Uh, And I, yeah, I feel a little bit bad about it because it's big and the bigger a fridge is, the more energy it uses. Uh, And I suppose uh, you must have been appalled that all of the secondhand fridges have been taken. um, I'd say I spent at least 20 seconds fretting about that. Yeah. Mm. Um, And, but then I thought, well, what has also happened is that it's big enough for me to be able to see all of the food that's in it. So for the so first say hide in. <laughs> for the first time in my life, I'm not discovering rotten things oh. that I have wasted that have been lurking oh. at the back of my fridge for ages. Because in a normal sized fridge that I've always had before, you've had to pile everything up and pack everything in so tightly that you always miss stuff and lose stuff. And I, we are unbelievably smug about how, the fact that there is. There's never anything like rotting in the back of our fridge. We're eating it all. So I think there I think I'm relatively comfortable with that trade-off. I think more space has enabled me to be less inhoffy on the food waste front. Son, a woman is a lot like um a refrigerator. They're about six feet tall, three hundred pounds. They make ice and oh wait a minute. Actually, a woman is more like a beer. I think you're 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 comfortably winning. Is all any good at reducing food waste yes. again, aren't you? All right, very quickly, chop, chop, old son. Um, do you confuse used by with best before? I don't recognise any 
attempt to stop me eating things. Uh, <laughs> so you ignore both of them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're not. You're not like the, the use by is a, is genuine advice, like that you might die if you eat this. No, you, the, best, the best before can be ignored, right? <laughs> but the use by is like you know how it, you know those words that it says like use by. <laughs> that doesn't mean maybe use by. It's like we've made this. We made this food. We know what goes into it. We know the weird shit we put into it. Trust us. You will die if you eat this tomorrow. Eat it today. But what if I'm hungry? I suppose by now there's not a th- there's not a food stuff invented that your bacterium would not be able to dispose of. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I I really can't think of anything that I've thrown out because of a use by date. I have thrown stuff out because it is visibly you know rotten and mouldy or whatever. But yeah, the the dates mean nothing to me. Apparently, a quarter of the UK public think that the best before date is the last date you should use food by. And that's getting worse because they used to be... Do you remember like 10 years ago, there was a lot of hoo-ha about um, best before dates and stuff and the old Labour government was going to reform it all and I think that kind of went away. Yes, and that's getting worse. So like a quarter of people now think that. Well, I'm not, I'm not surprised because like... You don't want to stop and think about what does best before mean as opposed no. to use by. Like, if there's a date on your food, it's fairly clearly saying... It was, it's not unreasonable to assume that that means eat this by then and if you passed it... Chuck it out. So yeah, it's it's quite inhoffy that, isn't it? Although I think there is like we don't have time to talk about this, but I think like you're not to. many people. You well, not many people. We, it's up to you whether you respond. <laughs> Just remember, you have the choice. <laughs> you have the choice how much time we're wasting with this thing I'm saying. Right. <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't do what you do, which is go. Ah, sorry, right, it's a bit of mold. I love that. Like a lot of people are a bit funny about eating things that might kill them on account of how that's what we've evolved to be. Oh, so. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's not surprising that people are a bit more on the side of caution than you, evolutionarily speaking. Fine. Do you eat weird vegetables? Yes, I do. Uh, very, God, this is great. This episode is enabling me to be even more smug and self-righteous about my planetary savingness than uh, I have before. We get Oddbox, Dave, which I heartily recommend. Uh, we, It's a thing where they take food that's been rejected by supermarkets, usually because it's a funny shape, but sometimes because there's too much of it uh, or too big or it's too small or all sorts of reasons. But And stuff that's been rejected and would otherwise waste, go to waste, basically, they buy it up from the farmers and stick it in a big veg box, which they send to you. And it's great. Love it. Really good. Oh, very good. Um, I, I, I had my money on you only buying pretty vegetables, just like you. Pretty old. <laughs> pretty old with his pretty vegetables. Is that like sitting um, there with his owners... broccoli with perfect hair? <laughs> dog owners inevitably look like their dogs. Would you <laughs> imagine that? I was my Jerusalem artichokes looked exactly like me. <laughs> what about apps and things? There's things like Oleo, which you can use to sort of uh, find out who's got some food going spare. I think in your area and other things like yeah, that. Yeah, I've heard about that. I'm not using it myself. Don't know what it's like. And I wanted to ask you about a thing you put in the prep doc before we move on. Okay. About eating your children's food from out of their mouth. Uh, well, I do do that occasionally, but not very often. As in, like, quite often... Well, the take, <laughs> take it out of their mouth and no, eat no, it. No, I don't take it out of their mouth. But quite often the youngest one will insist on having something that I'm having. Right. Because what that's, what, that's what children do. They say, you have something, they want it. And I'm like, you won't like it. And they're like... I want it. So fine, have it. I put food in uh, Baby Earl's mouth. Baby Earl immediately rejects it and pops it straight out of his mouth where it, you know, my hand is underneath, collects only mildly masticated thing. And I think, well, I'll have that because otherwise that's a waste. That's why you keep getting germs. That's why you keep getting germs because you're basically licking your child's tongue all the time. Oh, that's okay. Um, it isn't. But what, what I think I put in PrepDoc, which is more relevant, is... Uh, the one of the very few perks of parenting is that you get bonus meals. <laughs> so whenever I'm cooking tea, and Mrs. Ol finds this quite funny, I prepare like something that is very, very marginally less than a full adult portion for <laughs> each of the children. <laughs> and, you know, they're children, so... Sometimes they're hungry, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they like carrots, sometimes they don't like carrots. More times than not, it means I get a huge plate of food. Uh, and it's children's food, which is the best food. So like, oh, corn nuggets. Have you had corn nuggets? 
corn, well, I've had lots of corn, so I can imagine that's very nice. No, but corn nuggets are br- that's just perfect junk food. So corn nuggets or uh, baked Alpha beans on toast, spaghetti. all of this, all of this sort of stuff. I, brilliant. So I get loads of that, and because it's not technically my dinner. It's it doesn't a, count calories. Doesn't There's count. no calories. No, yeah. it's a bonus yeah. meal. So I can still have my tea afterwards. <laughs> that's the, that is the best thing. So no food waste from our, our children because it all goes into me. I suppose you could argue that I'm making more food than I need to in the first place. But I do see I do see uh, friends who have the exact opposite thing evidently going on in their head, which is that when their children don't finish their food, they're like, oh, I'll put that in the bin because that's not adult food. And when it's not an adult food eating time I now. Mean, what does that mean? And they they don't say this out loud, but I, that's the only thing I can think is going on. It's they're like, oh well, it's you know, it's grown ups dinner time later, and we'll be having something different. This is going in the bin, and I'm always like, D- what? D- put that in me, put that in me, or like all of us. So I find that a bit strange. When you had Rodney the cat, did the same rule apply? And uh, what if he if- didn't eat something? Yes. Rodney, did, Which, you met Rodney. Rodney never didn't eat something. Rodney found, enough. when we lived in Elephant and Castle, Rodney found the back of a, I think it was a chicken chop. It was something he was eating a great quantity every single night and he became the size of a balloon. Um, but he still <laughs> ate his tea. Hello, I'm Chris Packham and you're listening to Sustain a Babble. Right, good. Now, shut up and let's get on with it, because you've been talking for far too long. So, um, lockdown reduced domestic food waste by 22%. Oh, by a quarter, nearly. Um, Being locked down, reduced the amount that we... So we were at home more, and we wasted food less. Explain that. So I guess we were around to eat our food more often so we weren't spending whole days that is where that is literally what i said in the prep doc when you kept telling me when you kept no, telling you me didn't. that the thing i said in the prep no, doc didn't. didn't make any sense last night babble listen i want to let you into my world last night i'm on a bus and my bloody phone is pinging because all's in the prep doc querying stuff i've put in the prep doc specifically i said because we were in more we just ate everything in the fridge yes that's what i said and then you, and said, you told me then you what? said so you made that what? point which i agree with and then you right. said and we bought less because we went out more. Oh, I meant less. Yes. I didn't know I didn't know that was the bit you were telling me. That was the bit I was telling you. I was like, that doesn't make sense. What do you mean we bought less because we went out more? I think you meant we went out less. We bought less because we went out less. But then what, what how does that? We bought less because we went out less. How does that make sense? We bought... Well, what? Uh, you see my point? This is, we bought I know more you do things very we quickly and that's less. generally good. We bought more. But what, was, what was I trying to say there? I don't know. And, this is, and like you were just like, no, no, you don't understand. I was like, exactly. I don't understand because it doesn't make any sense. Well, here's what I think, and I'll see if what I think is makes any sense. I think under lockdown, I even told you in the comments. I said, read it slowly, which you're incapable of doing. I did read it slowly. I just didn't read that sentence. I read the other one. So the sentence I read slowly was this thing I agree with. Because we were in more in lockdown, we weren't just sort of... We we had a lot of time to look in the fridge and see what's in it and eat it. And so we ate it, right? And then, like, because we weren't going out, when you go out, you... No, I don't know what I was trying to say. (laughs) Also, the stuff we bought in lockdown, like... Was because we thought there's a sodding apocalypse coming. We bought things in tins and we bought like UH tea tree- treated things and stuff that would last, right? I certainly did. Bog I rolls. stocked up Were on like, dried pasta, uh, not on purpose, and dried pasta and stuff like that. So I reckon, as I reckon, we had a lot more things in the house. What wouldn't go off so quickly in the first place? I remember a really. This is a nice segue actually coming up, Dave. Just going to let you know. I remember a really panicked bit of lockdown one where. Uh, you couldn't get home deliveries. All of the slots for, were booked no up. No box. I think this was even pre box. I think I think it was pre old. Oh, pre old. And uh, precent albums. So you couldn't precent albums. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, you, you couldn't get uh, supermarkets to deliver you stuff at home. And then I saw Jack Monroe, food oh, uh, campaigner and, uh, yeah. and journalist, on Twitter saying, "Oh, by the way, one of these wholesalers that I quite often use to supply my stuff." has got these like slightly random boxes of kind of dry foods you can order. And I was like, go, go, quick, get them. So I got all of these kind of pulses and stuff that turned up. Um, 
but yeah, that was a that was a strange time. And you're right, we were buying much fewer of the sort of perishable things and more of the long lasting things because we thought going to be holed up in our homes for a long time. Now, I did want to talk about Jack Monroe because uh, Jack has been in the news, very high profile, all over the places because of this their inflation thing going on uh, I'm playing the sexy inflation music hole please do this is not like what happened to Rodney the cat this is a different sort of inflation <laughs> poor Rodney's uh, no this mysteriously is mysteriously very... no longer with us yeah this is very <clears throat> excuse me I'm not this oh <laughs> genuinely not emotional about Rodney's uh, I just got a thing in my throat um, what was I saying uh, yes, uh, inflation is very much not sexy because it is not happening equally. And this is a point rather brilliantly made by Jack Monroe, where on Twitter, Jack has been saying, look, here are all of the really cheap things, like the cheapest things that you can buy at supermarkets. So cheapest pasta, cheapest apples, blah, 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 blah. And here's what they cost a year ago. And here's what they cost now. And the rise there is not like 5%, which I think is the inflation rate at the moment. It's sometimes like 160%, 200%. And Jack makes the point that the the kind of luxury stuff, so I think mm, the example given she, is... A £7.50 luxury meal. Yeah, and like dine at home for 10 quid and stuff. Like that has been £10 for as long as you can remember. It hasn't really changed. There's also the thing going on with shrinkflation where this... It's the same price for something which is getting smaller, which is uh, crap. Um, but the point is, this rise in inflation is being very much carried on the backs of the people who have got least money uh, and for whom food security is the biggest problem. And so I don't want to be all... The reason I raise it is because, like, when you're talking about lockdown and stuff, you can get a little bit sort of glib and like, oh, la da jolly, 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 we couldn't get our pulses anymore. But the point is that it's a really big deal and lockdown was shit for people who lost their jobs or on furlough or whatever who are at the margins and for whom like you know food things are bad so if the price of a bottle of champagne goes up five percent the people who are buying it in the first place can probably afford that five percent but the price of a bag of rice goes up from 29p to 70p it might not sound like very much 41 pence difference but when you're watching every single penny and every single pound because your food budget is that minuscule in the first place and 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 all you have put your finger on the literal pulse there because what you have hit on there is a thing like i sent you that really good piece by tanya hawks about this about very good piece um, middle class environmentalist twats like us right banging on about how everybody wastes food and everybody wastes energy and everybody does it well no actually like for a load of people they don't waste food the reason being they can't afford loads of spare food so they just eat the bloody food they've got and loads of people don't waste energy because energy bills are really expensive and so they don't waste them because they ain't got loads of money and I think we could usefully remember that and there's a lot yes. of how do there's a lot of this goes on a lot of this I'm going to hang on I'm putting my uh, middle class environmentalist voice on he's just going right, to try and sound like carry me on. now yeah. Yeah. no no I'll just be myself <laughs> um, and, and they'll say things like um, well how do we persuade working class people to take more action on climate change like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're doing it, mate. They're doing it already. And they don't need you to come tell them why, because they're doing it because they already understand about scarcity. Thank you very bloody much. Very good point. And a point that, that Jack has always made as well about like right. the need to be unbelievably organised. So you were saying earlier in this podcast, have I gone, you know, have I been doing my portion measuring or whatever? And I was like, no, not really. Well, that's a luxury, isn't it? Because I don't need to worry about that whereas like if you're broke if you're poor you have to be really bloody organized about what you're going to spend on what and how you're going to make sure that uh the money stretches out and of course all of the campaigning over the last year by fair share and marcus rashford about the uplifting universal credit that has been removed you know and then like the, the the school meals that were being sent to people were like just ridiculously shit weren't they um and yes you you have got to really make that money stretch and therefore you know how much these things are going up in price and you do plan and you don't waste. So, good point well made, Dave. Check it out. Check out 82. Big price cuts and hundreds of them, making today's Tesco even better value. Today's Tesco. Check it out. So, Ol, have we concluded that supermarkets are or are not the in-hoffs? 
we're going to try and find out who the Inhoffs are. We've already established that you're not an Inhoff. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, my house is now about 30% fridge. So um, <laughs> that's, that's right. I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah. Uh, look, supermarkets are definitely Inhoffs as well. Let, let's be clear about that. Um, they have massive surpluses, like by which they mean wasted food. Um, and there's been some rather good digging around uh, to try and establish where it's all going. Now, look, about... 7% in the best cases which i think is Sainsbury's about 70% 7% of what they waste is redistributed to charities who then good. give food to people who need it uh and all of them do it to some extent um but the best ones which i think are Sainsbury's are about they're doing about 70% of that a large chunk of the rest of it goes to anaerobic digestion dave which is oh hang on a minute hang on a minute i need the sexiest of all music for the anaerobic digestion yes we weren't going to get through this episode without talking about anaerobic digestion otherwise we would have got letters off of the kind of people i don't like getting letters off of who are people who like anaerobic digestion go back and listen to episode 46 when we talked to that dale vince about things including anaerobic digestion which is making gas out of compost is what it is put compost in big pot leave pot alone for a bit goes all methane you get methane put into energy grid and stuff i'm gonna have to science the shit out of this very good yes so a whole bunch of food goes uh to that wasted food goes to that from the supermarkets also a whole bunch of it goes for feeding animals mm-hmm. um which 30 <laughs> percent of which we also waste. Uh, yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, it all ends up in a bin at some point, doesn't it? Or down the loo. Um, but I suppose that's good um, if it's displacing is the word I'm looking for. If it's displacing food, which would otherwise be grown in a rainforest or a formerly rainforest somewhere. So I, I suppose that's good. But there is still, and this is what people have discovered, there is still a shit tonne. Mm. which is the technical term for 100,000 tonnes. So one shit tonne uh, <laughs> of... Food which people say is both accessible and edible, which is still chucked away, right? So right. that is food that is... The super, the supermarkets do not sell it. It goes in the bin. Yes, exactly. Um, and that, to put that into context, could feed about... Well, it's about 250 million meals, put it that way. Crikey Moses. Oh. And the thing is, yeah, I was going to ask you about this... Um, if you are a supermarket, so you said a thing in here somewhere that like all the supermarkets have got food waste targets, right? That's a thing we're going to talk about. They've all got targets to half their food waste by 2030. Yeah, yeah, yes? they all signed a thing saying that's what right, they yeah. did a couple of years ago. And, and, and you could kind of go like, oh, well, great. But actually, if you are a supermarket, that's 100,000 bits of food that you have to some degree paid for that you are not getting any money for. So it's like a lot of these things where you hear companies going, oh, we're going to do this to save energy across our business, right? And they're doing it. They're not stupid because to do that will save them money. It just might require them doing something they'd done before. So like, I imagine it's more complicated than that, as in like all the economics of bog-offs and all the economics of loss-leading and all of that stuff that I do not have time to go into or even understand, even if I could go into it. But basically, like, obviously, if you're a supermarket, you're just chucking money in the bin if you're doing that. So that's inhoffery squared. You are inhoffing upon your own doorstep. So reducing our excessive demand on this earth's resources is a critical thing to do, and using food wisely and taking food waste seriously is part of it. But also... Distribution as well. Now, talking of Inhoffery Squared, let's talk about governments. Um, yes. Are they Inhoffs? Well, we'll talk mostly about the UK. I mean, frank, frankly, I'll just understanding all of this just about the UK is enough. The, the UK basically is doing bugger all. There we are. How's that? Yeah, that's good. Commendably brief. Yeah. Are we done? Yep. Although <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've done some stuff. So they had a really good thing going, which they have obviously now stopped, which was a thing called a food waste fund, which was 15 million quid over three years, 5 million quid, which was like helped companies, helped, helped charities get hold of food like you were talking about. I think like Fair, Fair Share were one of them, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. which uh, helps them redistribute it. And then they, they stopped that. And uh, I looked for, you know, why is it? And the minister gives no particular reason. It's naff five million quid. Apparently that's too much money to stop food being wasted and feed hungry people. When you put it that way, it sounds perfectly reasonable. I mean, why would you stop food being wasted and feed hungry people if you could, um, you know, for that price, 
I don't know, have a not party party. Yeah, so the government does have a target oh, to reduce food waste by 30% by 2030, which it reckons it is on target to reach. Um, what it is doing to get that target reached is... I've said NAFL. How do I say NAFL? Oh, they've got a food waste reduction roadmap. Oh, oh there we go. Which is a set of voluntary commitments business can say they're going to do. And some businesses have signed up to it and are doing some stuff. I'm not going to be too sneery about it, but it's like, here's some stuff you can do if you want, if you're a business. Four aforementioned reasons that if you're a business, you're wasting money by wasting food, therefore, etc., etc. They've got a thing called Love Food Hate Waste, which is a kind of consumer marketing y type thing. So you go to it and you get all of these nice leaflets you can print out about how not to chuck your onions in the bin and why it's a good idea to learn to cook and you shouldn't be an in half and all that sort of stuff and I'd, you know it's fine i'm sure that's doing some good stuff um and they've got a food waste champion oh oh congrats who's that friend of yours i think um a guy called ben elliott um, oh, is this the guy who... who's like related to all of the royals or something he's related to yes. camilla isn't he that's right, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is now not opening for some reason, where are we? Um, yeah, Ben Elliott, uh, who uh, is the son of a landowner, an interior designer and an antiques dealer. That's three people. Um, he is the sister of Camilla. <laughs> that's, the, um, that's the aristocracy <laughs> today. That's <laughs> how it works. Educated at Eton, um, blah, blah, blah. And he is the founder of a thing called the Quintessentially Group, which is a luxury lifestyle group with a 24-hour global concierge service. Um, now, he's also done a load of good... I'm not going to be a twat about this, right? Look, he's done a load of... He's done a load of good stuff. But, like, basically, he's uh, he's this person whose job it is is to, you know, uh, get businesses to produce food waste and stuff. And, yeah, like, fine, I'm, I'm not a class warrior, whatever, only when you're involved. <laughs> but, like, it's all, it's all voluntary. The point is it's all voluntary, and it's all, like, do this if you like, right? And that's a bit shit, don't you think? Oh, I think in general we're saying, yeah, sure, the government's doing some stuff, but honestly we can't be bothered to like give it more credit than it deserves. It's not, as with everything, it's not being serious about this, is it? Noddy, the little man with the red and yellow car. I mean, look, I'm not, you know, I have mellowed as I've got older, and I'm sure we would have done, if we'd done this episode in, like, the first year of Sustainable, we'd just have spent the whole time calling them all shilly-shally corporate, you know, lap dogs who bend over backwards. They're doing some stuff. It is reducing food waste. The things they are doing are getting some businesses and some people to reduce food waste, right? Also, disastrously managing a lockdown, which means people stayed at home and ate everything in their fridge well done you can have credit for that as well right um but there are some regulations they could do if they wanted oh i don't want to do a big list of regulations that they could do um mainly <laughs> because i'm really late. late to put the kids to bed but also i don't want to do a list of government regulations on food waste fair enough okay uh can i say them in 30 seconds no nope. i'll say them in 30 seconds F- yes i can I do it Okay, um, make voluntary stuff mandatory. Um, make farming including all this stuff so you don't waste stuff on the food. Um, uh, tax and ban landfill and um, a massive stick to twat in hoffs around the head with. Super. That's it, I think, isn't it? Or should we have a final I just thought? Want to say, Dave's got some final well, thoughts, I think. I've got a final thought, which is um, it doesn't make any sense at all, Ol, to for Project Drawdown to have talked about this as one thing, because it isn't. That's my main thought, right? It's it's so easy to go, reduce food waste, that, that's yeah. a thing. There's equivalent to put wind turbines everywhere. No, those are different. Those are quantifiably different things. Food waste is like the whole way our food system works, the whole way our economy works. I like how supermarkets work, how we work, how we, like, whether we work, whether we work at home, how much money we got, what we consume, transport, infrastructure, and smashing capitalism itself. Like, all of those things are food waste. And there isn't, there really isn't in this one a thing you do. And it's all no. very well, Dave, going, ha, 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 get a massive stick to twat Inhoffs around the head with. But the Inhoffs all are you and me and everyone as well. And it's just tricky to do it all with one big stick. You need lots of sticks. I agree with that. And also people, you know, think about all the times where you have got a kid who has wasted their food and you're like, oh, like, 
I, I want to get this to somebody who needs it, but like, how? How do you like there and then food on plate that is yeah. warm? Then, like, you, you know, it's not as simple as saying big pile of waste could be given to people who need it. Was like, well, could it? So it's complicated. Right, that is just about it for another episode of Babble. Thank you very, very much, Dave, for babbling and prepping so thoroughly. Yes, I'm pleased that uh, my prep came in useful towards the end there and I didn't waste loads of time. (laughs) Um, Good, yes, you're quite welcome, Ol. Thank you very much for being babbled upon and for taking part. Um, Thank you to the wonderful Dickie Moore for the legendary music, What Starts and Ends This Podcast, and to the splendiferous Arthur Stovall for the prodigiously brilliant logo, What Adorns Our Podcast, and our T-shirts, what you can get at wubblywubblywubbly.sustainababble.fish. Now, if you would like to tell us how wasteful we are, you can do so in a number of ways. You can email us at hello at sustainababble.fish. You can tweet us at the Babble Wagon, or you can just search Facebook for Sustainababble. Uh, give us some cash, as mentioned before, listener-funded podcasts, apart from the ads. Um, and uh, you can give us cash at www.patreon.com forward slash sustainababble. And if you like what you hear and you haven't got or don't wish to part with any money, please bloody well go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review and write some words with your hands or a dictation machine. Thank you very much. Right, we are done. Shall we do one? Oh. Yes, I'm off to find a way of disposing this banana peel in an ethically sound way. I'm off to eat every shred of the lovely meal that I can smell Mrs. Dave <gasps> is smacking pans for me to come and eat, so I better get a of it. Aren't you lucky? Okay, bye! Bye! Oh, 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 oh. Now, look, I know, I know, I know you don't like this. I know you don't like this, but I'm not letting this episode pass. Barry Cryer has died. Yeah, right? poor old Barry and, Cryer. And so, so shut up and listen. Oh, 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 shut up and listen. Barry Cryer joke. Right? A man drives down a country lane and he runs over a cockerel. He knocks at a nearby farmhouse door and a woman answers. And the man says, I appear to have killed your cockerel and I'd like to replace it. And the woman says, yeah, please yourself. The hen's around the back. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, Dave. If I told you that joke and didn't tell you it was a Barry Cryer joke, you would not have laughed at that on principle. That's true. That is actually true. Yep.